ladies and gentlemen. September 20th, 2021s. We're going back to the polls. We're going back for a federal election. Jeff, I see you. We're, uh, we just, we just had some technical difficulties. We're, uh, we're giving you just a, a quick political rodeo. Uh, again, Brad and Jeff with those Canadian lads joining you today. Um, Jeff, welcome. How you doing, buddy? I'm well. <laughs> I am well. And yourself, Brad? Well, uh, essentially, I'm learning how to utilize uh, uh, some new programs. Uh, just the click of a button and we fixed it, right? Some technical difficulties on uh, trying to get set up tonight. But uh, I hope there's not that many difficulties on getting an election uh, rolling from uh, Justin Trudeau's pandemic uh, uh, try for a majority government. So, um, how you doing tonight, buddy? I am utterly distracted by what has transpired over the last 20 minutes. <laughs> has it, it been 20 minutes? I don't know. I think so. I think that, I think it would be, it would have been great to hit record during that whole time where we kept logging in and out and yeah. <laughs> hey man, it happens. It happens in the podcast world. What was your uh, what was your first thoughts to kind of just get away from the shit show that just okay. occurred? Yeah. You know, what was your first thoughts on uh, on having to go to the polls and and put yourself at risk in the fourth wave with the Delta variant out there? Um, what were what was your thoughts, Jeffrey? I <laughs> I uh, okay. Admittedly, I don't have. I'm not worried about going to the polls in a crowd of people. I, I've been to two Elks games. So that's that's not it. I, I do think that um, uh, don't get me wrong, we're very early into this. The, the election was only called on Sunday. Um, truth be told, I have not done my due diligence. I, I do believe that regardless of any preconceived notion about how I vote, I always kind of like to see what every party is coming from and is there something along the lines that really speaks to me i've done that at this point in time although i don't believe there will be anything i do think that um this is a calculated move on the liberals justin trudeau's part in regards to trying to get a majority government i i do think that if they don't get it and they do another minority government I do think this is going to be a complete shit show. And I do, I wish there was something to say that they could be punished for wasting the time and the tax dollars and the, the ceasing of government during the pandemic in order to campaign. So I would say that's probably the biggest burr that I have in regards to this. Yeah. I kind of, I don't know if how of a, much of a, a debate we're going to have tonight about uh, obviously going into uh, the polls uh, in September, but uh, truthfully, I hope that people uh, take a look at this and say, okay, there's a lot of things going on in the world right now. There uh, is the Afghanistan situation where the Taliban is, is taking over the country uh, again, coming back after 20 years of uh, a liberated uh, Afghanistan. Uh, uh, the Taliban have uh, retaken pretty much control of the country again. Um, and this is going on during uh, now a, 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 an election period for Canada, which we did have Canadian soldiers um, fight and die um, for this country. Um, you know, uh, it, it seems like it's a bit of a, it's going to be, I think, a, a hot topic during this, uh, uh, this, this, the political season that we're going into here in September. But um, 
you know, it's uh, it's going to be interesting. I, I I don't know what to think of it. I I kind of sit on the side of the fence with you. It's I'm more annoyed that this is just more political ploy um, to gain a majority. They they obviously identified a, a a point in the polls where they they're like, okay, this is where we're going to strike. This is where we're going to go and and uh, you know make our run for that majority government so they can get another uh, clear and free four years, right? So um, at the end of the day, it's going to be. Um, up to Quebec and Ontario, um, and let's see what uh, what their thoughts are. You know, did did Justin buy enough votes um, during this pandemic with the amount of money that he printed uh, in regards to putting this country in debt and then putting uh, my children and uh, your future children uh, in the uh, bullseye of of high taxes? Because it's not going to be you and I paying for it too much. Uh, but it's going to be a, a generation down the line who's going to be uh, uh, their day of the day of retribution, as Jason Kenny called it, will be coming. The day of retribution. <laughs> yeah, that, that, don't don't uh, rest on a politician using hyperbole in regards to anything they talk about. But um, I will, I will, I'll go back to a point you say, and then I got a question for you. Um, but I know, uh, I said I do have some strong feelings on what's going on in Afghanistan. Um, I, I think it's insanely um, unfortunate what is transpiring here. I know that uh, obviously since the fallout has begun, there's a lot of articles and a lot of thoughts in regards to who's at fault for this. And I have mixed feelings about that. Maybe something that should be addressed in a different podcast, of course. But I, the, the point I'm getting to is I don't, I don't think any country should uh, stop its democratic process because of the events going on in other countries. So I, I don't really have an issue with um, the Canadian government going to the polls during turmoil in Afghanistan. Even it's going to happen. Yeah. Even though we had, uh, we obviously, we have put efforts, uh, we've put lives, we've put uh, everything important into helping that country out. And as I said, it, there's always going to be something going on in the world. So it's not too much of a bother for me in that regard. Now, uh, I, mean, I guess the question I will ask you, though, is um, we're coming out of COVID. Uh, there's um, inflation in Canada is a, a big concern currently going on. It's probably worldwide, quite frankly. Uh, what are some of the issues that, have, that are near and dear to your heart that you think you would like to hear a debate over when it comes to the leaders of these political parties? Well, ideally, I, I really want to get a, a better understanding of what Arrow Tools um, – five percent gst holiday is going to be is it going to apply to things like new houses cars you know things like that we're like is it going to apply to big ticket items um or is it going to just apply to retail things like that because in my opinion though that's something that might and i'm saying might i'm not on board with it yet it just came out yesterday but it, it's something that really intrigued me like is that something that could stimulate and spike the economy um you know in in december um you know i i think that's an interesting you know a line to take obviously um it more aligns with people with disposable income and people who are going to spend um during that time but people might say okay you know what i might buy a new house I'm, we're gonna buy a new house anyway um maybe we should buy it in december if it's going to apply to to that and then that person could save 30 40 50 thousand dollars depending on what you know the house value is right um so there's things like that or big ticket items that um that could apply there i know a big topic uh for everybody it seems to be 
the topic of the day right now is the childcare, either a credit, a tax credit, or the funding going to the uh, to the actual owner operator um, side of things, right? So um, it's it, that's another interesting topic. But uh, those are kind of two things that's kind of that have jumped out at me right now. And then also, obviously, uh, my mind's made up on Trudeau. I'm not a fan. Uh, I think you can only give somebody who's had this much scandal behind his name. Um, so many turns and at the end of the day too we're voting for our constituencies right or the people who are you know um going to represent us in our communities right so uh and that's how we get the leadership in canada right so if you're listening in from italy which we have had people from italy uh or from what it shows on our 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 analytics uh jeff we do have analytics for those canadian lads podcasts but uh there's been a few uh europeans uh catching uh catching up on what those Canadian lads have to say. And, uh, you know, when our election happens, you know, it's just not, we're not voting for a prime minister. We're voting for the constituents. And then as many seats get in the house, uh, the the more seats gets the leader, right? So um, it's really going to come down to Ontario and Quebec, um, especially in this turn, uh, in this one, we know Alberta is going to go mainly blue, um, you know, and, uh, Saskatchewan as well. And, uh, let's see, Jeff's camera just went down. That's interesting. Hello. This is changing something. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you died there for a second. Uh, just changing something. Yeah. All right. Yeah. But yeah, no, like, what's your thoughts? Like what's a, what's a topic for you that's going to jump off the page and become kind of a, uh, a political hot button for for you during this election as it's just only announced in sunday right so yeah i um i don't know i i honestly i think the inflation thing and i obviously i probably led into this a little bit by addressing it in the question to you but i i am concerned about the inflation rate that's currently taking place in canada you know it is it is a byproduct of the um the solution to help the economy during the covid pandemic and I'm not going to sit here and pontificate and say that I would have had a better solution or that this solution was complete trash or anything like that. But I do think that um, I do think that inflation is going to affect the average Canadian a lot more than I think people really realize. And yeah, I do too. We've already seen this in the supermarkets, uh, whether it be the actual price of something has increased or the size portions have decreased to match the, to leave the price the same. And I, I, I do question whether or not the average consumer picks up on those things. And I'm not saying that I'm, oh, I picked up on it. I'm a genius. No, no, no. I, I, I saw it in articles and I read it on the news. So it's something that piqued my interest. And I do think that one of the other things that kind of transpires about this is it leads into questions of uh, not necessarily that anyone's campaigning on for this election, but uh, ideas in regards to living wages, um, where the minimum wage should be and how that affects everything going forward. And as I said, like, I'm certainly not an economist. I've got a very rudimentary understanding of it. However, I just do think that um, the simple solution of throwing money at things doesn't always work out well. And I, as I said, one of the things that happens with this type of stuff, it doesn't affect me per se, like it affects my wallet and minimal things. But uh, fortunately, I've had 20 years of a career. I, I've established a household. I'm not going to be affected as nearly as much as, say, somebody who is just starting a family, somebody who is uh, just getting out, of, getting out of college and starting a career. They're going to be hit by this more than I do. And I don't – I've never been one of those people who say, like, oh, that's unfair to the kids. 
but I do actually feel this one is a little unfair. So it, it is something that I would like to hear. I'd like to hear every one of these leaders discuss effectively. Yeah, I hope we get that conversation. I know Pierre Poulier, that's kind of been his platform uh, from the conservative side, is that you can't keep spending money, you know, because it's going to catch up to you. And it's catching up to us now. We're starting to see but- that inflation, inflation increase. And, um, and it is affecting our, our wallets. It's affecting the way we live. And uh, it's going to affect, like we spoke about earlier, the next generation. Um, and it, uh, it is bothersome to think about, right. That, um, there are going to be people struggling. Um, like I said, you've established yourself, you know, we've worked 20 years in, in industry. Um, and now we're, you know, uh, you know, watch a younger generation try to keep ahead, keep it, keep going. Right. And, um, it's not going to be easy. So, and it's not going to be easy for us either, but, um, it's not going to be as, as hard for the, it's not going to, we grew up. Like we established ourselves at the boom, you know, we're talking 2005, 2006, the boom in Alberta, you know, everything was going hard. Everything was going strong. Everybody had, uh, if you wanted a job, you could have a job, you know, that's the thing, right? You, if you could breathe on this glass and you fogged it up, you could get a job in Alberta a lot different now today than, than it ever was. Um, but, um, very, uh, interesting times, you know, another topic that came up and it was kind of pre, um, you know, pre, uh, pre-election kind of, uh, pandering to the marketplace was when Trudeau came out and said that, uh, uh, we're going to go green vehicles. We're going to go non-carbon based vehicles, uh, by a certain day. I think it was 20, was it 2045? Yeah. So, yeah. Something like that. Or 2035. So 2035. It's something really, it's not that far away. And, uh, all that was doing was saying to the Ontario voting base is that, um, here, everybody in Ontario, Oakville, that, that whole manufacturing, uh, base out in, uh, Ontario and t- near Toronto, um, we're going to build electric cars in your plants, um, vote, re- vote liberal. That's all that was right. And, uh, uh, but as an Albertan, uh, that scares me because obviously we need, uh, you know, fuel-based vehicles to, uh, to, to keep the oil sands going so we can start uh, or keep refining gasoline out of the oil sands and uh, all that kind of good stuff. So um, that's only one piece of it, but um, just silliness, right? Like climate change is a concern to me um, as, a, as a Canadian, um, but it's a concern in the sense of, you know, I want it properly handled. Uh, and I don't think the liberals properly handle it. I think they ignore... Um, the research and development that um, a lot of the oil and gas companies have put in, especially in Alberta, to try to combat this. Um, our oil is ethically sound. You know, we have ethical-based oil that we're pulling out of the ground. It's not uh, coming from Saudi Arabia or Venezuela or some of these other uh, questionable countries that have questionable backgrounds, um, things like that, right? And then, again, are we ever going to you know, invest in our country and our energy across the country. And that's something that, uh, that I'm passionate about. Are we ever going to get oil flowing to the uh, Irving oil refinery in, in uh, St. John, New Brunswick, right. You know, through Quebec, you know, so those are things that are really uh, interesting topics for me, um, that I'm, I'm passionate about. So I hope that Aaron O'Toole or, Someone else on, on the board, there's really only two players, Jagmeet um, Singh with the NDP, in my opinion, is a, is a bit of a hypocrite. Uh, he's working for the, the people's based 
uh, you know, party, but, uh, he sure likes to rock a Rolex watch, right? So, um, I don't think he's the right look. He's not Jack Layton. I think Jack Layton could speak to a lot of people, but Jagmeet doesn't. So. I don't mind if Jagmeet Singh has a Rolex. I, I like a fashionable timepiece myself, and I think that's, I think that's fine if he wants to represent the people while rocking a Roly. So I think the, I think one of the things that I, and I don't even know, we've talked about this plenty of times. We've done this rodeo plenty of times. We'll have to do another rodeo with Bo in the near future. But especially during this camp, during, especially during the election, Bo will be on fire, oh, yeah. I suppose. <clears throat> Excuse me. But I think much like uh, anything in regards to any um, crackdowns, any uh, uh, announcements that we are not going to be used fossil fuel-based fuel when it comes to our vehicles or anything else for that matter. I think it's all lip service, to be honest. I think it's a, a called a veiled threat to Alberta, but it's a kind of a veiled promise to yeah. other areas of the country as well. Uh, let, let's face it, like uh, the Americans shut down the pipeline heading down into uh, Texas. That was supposed Keystone. to be built. Keystone. Keystone. Yeah. And Biden had to call out for more resources from OPEC. Yeah, uh, that's pretty – uh, damn, is, he's had a bad week, that guy. Yeah. Papa and, Joe. But I I think the unfortunate reality of the situation is whether you are – Joe Biden, it doesn't matter, but you're Trudeau or you're anyone else for that matter who is stating we are going to make huge headway into these other things and, and I'm decreeing it, therefore it will happen. I know you have to make big, audacious goals in order to achieve anything or you're not working towards something. However, I just think the reality of the situation is that we are still going to be using those type of fuels to run our economy, run our households. It's just, it's probably unaffordable from a government perspective and it's probably unaffordable from a personal perspective for a lot of people. And I think I brought it up last time when we talked discussed this, it's like, Okay, so you're going to decree that we have to change all of our vehicles and no new vehicles will be sold unless they have an electronic battery in them and that's how it will propel itself. You really think that like, yeah, okay, you're you're cutting down on emissions. You think many people can afford a brand new vehicle that has one of those, it's a fancy hybrid or a fancy electronic vehicle? It's not going to happen. And I just, you can't desecrate your society that way either so or your population i shouldn't say society as like your population that needs to go to work so that's why i feel it's kind of veiled threat and we are in a uh in a country that uh is very wintry uh six to eight months out of the year so um got to make sure those bad boys run so uh but yeah no at the end of the day this uh this election obviously it didn't pop out of nowhere they've been working on it uh for a while and teasing us uh, for a long time. So, um, at the end of the day, it's, uh, let's see where this, this bad boy goes. I want to see where, uh, where everyone votes. Uh, I've got, uh, I'm concerned about, uh, Saskatchewan bow and his well being. <laughs> uh, it's going to be a tough, uh, tough couple weeks, uh, into September. Um, but, uh, at the end of the day, uh, when September 20th hits around, um, I'm hoping he's uh, not watching the CBC, uh, cause in my opinion, I think we're going to be heading into another, uh, minority liberal government unless, unless some of these scandals and, um, some of these groups are, are just waiting like, uh, uh, Jody Wilson, uh, Raybould there out of, uh, British Columbia. Uh, is she going to come out and try to, uh, take old Trudes out, out at the knees? 
Um, does Aaron O'Toole have what it takes to uh, present himself as the the leader of this great country? You know, I, I don't know if he does. I don't know if they've the conservatives have come to the table with a uh, a strong personality to come up against the the puppet Trudeau in regards to this. Right? It's uh, that's what bothers me with him. Like he's he's obviously I am anti Trudeau. I'm not anti liberal, but I'm anti Trudeau. Uh, you know, at the end of the day, it's not about uh, I find him to be a bit of a, a puppet, and uh, uh, and it bugs me because uh, he didn't grow up with the background of of somebody who's uh, who's doing the right thing here. You know, I don't. He just isn't. Uh, he's not a leader. He's not a leader. So, oh, I'll we'll have we'll have plenty of time to digest and talk, discuss uh, what's going to be happening here in this election. So we're th- like four days into it, so we got plenty of time. Uh, before we uh, cut loose on this, a quick hit episode. Um, you and I both apparently went to the uh, Elks game on the weekend. I'm going to, before I go and say that the Elks looked horrific, which they did. They they stunk. I, my co-host here did not even tell me he would be going to the game. <laughs> Ew, Jeffrey, Jeffrey, it was a last minute thing. I uh, went with the neighbor, uh, Randy. Won't use his last name. Doesn't know. I don't know if he wants that on the podcast, but uh, it was a last minute thing. And uh, I apologize. I knew you were there with family, so I didn't want to bug you. I would have ran uh, down and got a beer f- with you. <laughs> we were row two, man. We were sitting right on row two. We were watching some some fantastic people watching at the football game. There was a gentleman uh, named uh, he had he had a Willis jersey, f- f- first row. Uh, I thought he was going to fall into the uh, into the uh, uh, field of play. Uh, maybe have a few too many Caesars at the football game. <laughs> Uh, I had way too many Caesars at the football game as well, but only for the first half of the game, and uh, it was good. But I apologies. Next time I'm there, I'll let you know. I'll let you know ahead of a, ahead of time. Actually, you would have seen a rare sight at an Elks game had you texted me. You weren't drunk. I was drinking water. Why? Because I had to drive. Oh, the old DD. I drove, so uh, I I did get to go with a friend. Um, Him and I grabbed a quick bite to eat before, and then upon arrival at Commonwealth via the train system, I did behave myself, which is a rare sight uh, for Jeff and those Canadian lads, I will say that. Um, I didn't see this, but another friend at the game did uh, inform me of this. He was sitting out in Section O, which I think is uh, so lovely called the O-Zone. And was oh, named, so. which was named after the bar that once existed in this great city of ours. However, he was there with his family, enjoying his relatively inexpensive tickets, and a lovely lady decided to flash the crowd a couple times. <laughs> now, I will say that his... That's uh, an Elks game. Yeah, it's an Elks game, exactly. I think his teenage son probably enjoyed it. But <laughs> I wonder if it was the, the, one, the lady that did that to us at the Elks game when we were there with our wives. Well, that was... Fuck, that was like seven years ago. <laughs> but yes, that, that could have been longer. That could have been a decade ago. Yeah, yeah. No, but we have we've seen similar we've seen similar events transpire at a football game in Edmonton. I think it's like I said after going to the first game, it was a stark realization that nothing had really changed in Edmonton when it came to the how the crowd was going to react or conduct itself at Commonwealth Stadium. And I was, I'm quite happy to see that, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, you know what? It was, it, the normalcy was back. Uh, very interesting to see people who were masked there. So obviously um, the, the the older generation, a lot of older folks were wearing masks. 
Uh, and then a lot of young people, a lot of people in their, you know, late teens, early twenties. So, and then a lot of people without. So, um, just interesting kind of people watch and kind of see the dynamics. That was my first, uh, event, uh, with more than 10 people. Uh, so ended up going to an event with like 20,000, not a lot of people around. We sat in a good section, uh, watched a terrible football game, uh, and, uh, and had too many Caesars right off the get go. Uh, they're delicious by the way. Delicious Caesars, stadium Caesars. So, so excited. Uh, and if, uh, for our dear listeners across the, uh, the border in the United States, uh, if you don't know what a Caesar is, it's a Clamato tomato juice product with vodka, spices, and a, uh, a wedge of lime and Tabasco. And it is, it's a f- refreshing drink, refreshing it, drink. It's disgusting. It is a disgusting drink. Jeff does not like them. Yeah, so. Those are terrible. I had way too many of them. So, uh, anyways, uh, that being said, um, yeah, no, it was good. I apologize. Next time uh, I decide to go to uh, an Elks game, I will give you the heads up and uh, say, "What up, plugger number two? Just say, just say you need a beer or a Caesar in your case, and I'll bring you a Caesar. All right, now that we've right. hashed, have to hash, now that we've hashed that out, uh, obviously this has been a quick hit on those Canadian lads. We're, we've addressed the beginning of the um, the election that's coming up. We'll have plenty more thoughts of that coming up in the future. Brad, any parting thoughts? Yeah, no, uh, no parting thoughts today. Uh, like I said, we're going to get more into the election. Uh, maybe I do have a few parting thoughts in regards to. Uh, <laughs> if you, you say know. no, you should go. No, good night. <laughs> good night. <laughs> no, I don't. No, I don't. I'll, I will touch on. We haven't touched on the topic du jour in a long time. I want to personally thank you. Thank you, Jeff, for telling me about uh, the documentary called UFO. It's produced by J.J. Abrams. Um, it dives into a different aspect of the topic du jour, uh, the UFO phenomenon. Uh, now I'm very excited to get into Skinwalker Ranch, uh, not only to scare myself, uh, but also to be enlightened to, of what's going on there. Because obviously if people are paying money to be there, um, obviously Robert Bigelow, uh, buying a ranch and now the new owner, uh, uh, his name, uh, uh, I cannot remember, but, um, you know, it's, uh, it's very interesting that, uh, uh, some of the happenings that are going on there and essentially they tied in, uh, a tip Lou Elizondo, um, a Senator Harry Reid, all these players in this, this, uh, this whole topic. It kind of links back to Skin Rock Walker Ranch and Robert Bigelow and all these guys. So um, I'm excited to kind of do some research, dig into that side. So that is my parting thought, Jeff, that thank you for uh, enlightening me on that and uh, bringing me to speed. And maybe we'll do a review one of these days on that. But uh, that being said, we're uh, we're getting guests now. So very exciting times on those Canadian lads. So uh, I know we've got uh, Emmanuel Paris. Uh, Olympian, uh, coach, and uh, uh, we might have a special guest in the paranormal world of Edmonton uh, coming on board. So uh, with those Canadian lads to, to give us a bit of a an insight of what's going on pre-fall, pre-October Halloween season, right? So I'm very excited uh, of that one because uh, this person has a podcast and uh, they uh, talk about uh, murder, yeah, actually, regardless, if uh, we'll we'll say who it is once we kind of sew things up, I'm actually going to recommend her podcast one way or another down the road because I've I've listened to 
uh, all but one of them, and uh, she does a great job. I, I really enjoy it. Um, I do want to just quickly uh, nail home the UFO uh, documentary. It For our Canadian listeners, it's on Crave. Uh, if you subscribe to that, it's on there under the HBO Showtime banner. Uh, for our American listeners, it's under Showtime. So there you go. Um, it is a great, it is a great balanced documentary when it comes to this type of stuff for a UFO enthusiast. I, it was, it's always good to get the other side of it. I know that as you and I were discussing before the podcast, that the UFO community is not necessarily, uh, enjoyed this documentary because it is balanced and it's, they've allowed skeptics onto it. The one thing I'm not certainly trying to make light of this, but at the same time, it is a good indicator of where we were at one point in time. And we, you and I already kind of discussed this, but they jump into the Betty and Barney Hill story, which is kind of the first major abduction story that took place in the United States. If you, if you, when you kind of become, when you kind of jump into ufology, it's kind of the first abduction story you kind of stumble upon because it is the first documented one. Um, there is a <laughs> lovely shot of the plaque that uh, the town in New Hampshire has put up in regards to. Uh, show that this event took place on this day. And I think it's a good, a good window into American society at that point in time that um, they've put Betty and Barney Hill on the plaque. Uh, as we all know, in typical Western society and European society, you would have the man's name first. I think that uh, this is probably a good indicator that they've put Barney second because the fact that they were a mixed race couple but uh, that's just my theory. I don't know that for sure. But anyways, check out the documentary. It's worth watching. Absolutely. And uh, I'm looking forward to, you know, as we're bringing in new guests and amping up our our podcasting for 2021 as we close out our first year. You know, we're on the YouTube. Uh, we're bringing on special guests. Uh, we're bringing old guests. Bo will be back. Saskatchewan Bo on the Political Rodeo episodes of Those Canadian Lads. He'll be back as well. So I'm excited for what the uh, the next couple months bring. But, uh, you know, we've got hockey season starting in uh, 56 days. So you can do the math. I'm not going to tell you what the date is. But 56 days, we're going to drop the puck on a new season uh, for the uh, Edmonton Oilers. Uh, we're also going to be following what the Elks do. Hopefully, they don't go 0 and 3. There's a game tomorrow night uh, in British Columbia. So I don't. I just so pumped up, uh, Jeff, with what's uh, coming down the pike on the podcast, and uh, it's been an amazing journey so far. It, with the shittiest summer ever, and people are are giving us feedback on our restaurant review of Violino uh, last week. And uh, some people actually want to go to experience the uh, the the experience of what it can be. I don't think that's going to happen again. I think they're going to step their game up. I'm not going to lie. Good. All right. Well, that's all I've got. Thank you very much for tuning in. And we will see you on the flip side. Thank you very much. Have a great night. Violino. Better press stop.